Hey everybody, it is Black Friday. So sinister, so menacing. Sounds like something out of a Metallica album. The Black Album, Black Friday. But it's just a day to spend money on those you love. Buy gifts that most of the time will get discarded. Go unused. Or get put in a closet for years and years and years. So why not take a break from the hectic online shopping, in-person shopping, which of course is going by the wayside each and every year that passes, and hang out with the maestro for a while for yet another glorious edition of the Fortress of Rock. It is episode 119 here on Black Friday 2023, November the 24th. Now, of course, today is Black Friday Record Store Day. We, we do want to mention that because, of course, if you like vinyl, I'm not big on vinyl anymore, but if you like vinyl, if you're into it, if you want to overspend on your music, overpay for it, that's up to you. Get out there today. Get out to your local independent record stores pick up an album or two. There are some really, really cool exclusive record store day Black Friday releases, including The Knack, who you guys know I love, Collective Soul, who you guys know I love. Again, as you could probably tell, I'm not a big fan of the vinyl resurgence. But if you are, definitely get out there. Check out the selection available today. Black Friday Record Store Day. And of course, as we start a new tradition this year, started it last week, we're going to give you gift ideas here in a few minutes, each and every week, all the way through to Christmas. And of course, segment one, News of the World, our tribute to the late, great Freddie Mercury and his band, Queen. Boy, have we got a lot to talk about this week. Yikes. Big touring news. Lots of lawsuits. Lots of ugliness. I hate to say it, this could be one of the most contentious, argumentative, controversial news of the world segments that we've ever done here on the Fortress of Rock. Let's start off with, let's get you eased into this. Let's not start right off the bat with the negativity. Let's start off with some touring news. The little tiny bits of good touring news we have (laughs) before we move on to the bad. The Rolling Stones were teasing earlier this week a new tour for 2024, putting up banners, huge banners on stadiums across the United States. Well, the tease didn't last long. As the Stones have announced a 2024 tour, 16 stadium dates in North America 
These are going to be at NFL stadiums, huge college stadiums, like the Camping World Bowl down in Orlando, but mostly NFL stadiums across the United States. And then, of course, a little bit into Canada, 16 total dates, April 2024 through July. I'm not going to say 100% I've confirmed this. I thought it was a joke. I've heard it's not a joke. This tour is supposedly sponsored by AARP. Take that for what you will. And of course, I've been joking around with my friends and saying, as we talk about possibly maybe an ACDC tour in 2024, that could be sponsored by Metamucil. Now, I'm not going to go see the Stones. Ticket prices, the way they're, they're going right now, I can't imagine how much ticket prices are going to be. And I'm not going to a football stadium to see a show. It's just not worth it, especially a big big football stadium. Sometimes the smaller football stadiums you can get by, especially if the prices aren't outrageous. You don't have to watch video screens. You can actually still see what's going on on the stage. But Soldier Field, I mean, a lot of these stadiums, again, are NFL stadiums that seat 70, 80, thousand people minimum the odds that you're going to get a seat where you have a a close enough view of the stage where you can actually see Mick Jagger hobble around you're probably just going to be watching a TV screen and that is not worth 250 300 dollars but have to give props, have to give kudos to the Stones as they still keep chugging along. You guys know I reviewed the last album, the new album, and enjoyed it very, very much. So give them credit. Give Mick and Keith and Ronnie credit. If this is the last go-round, if this is the last album, the last tour, they're going out on a high note. They're not embarrassing themselves. They're going out on a high note. Now, on to the ugly tour news. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's put it that way. The stones are the good. The bad, a follow-up to last week where we talked about Sammy Hagar. Of course, the best of all worlds tour. Going to be very, very heavy into Van Halen. Joe Satriani, of course, learning all the, the Eddie Van Halen parts on a lot of those songs. Not only from the Hagar era, but there will be a few songs from the Roth era. But of course, this is where things get tricky, difficult, two-faced, downright nasty. 
we talked about the fact that Sammy Hagar, and he does this, and I'm sorry for all the good he does, as smart as he seems, especially when it comes to business, his business enterprises. Sammy Hagar talks out of both sides of his mouth, and he's done it for years and decades. He's talked about how much he loves Eddie Van Halen. He talks about how much he hates Eddie Van Halen. He talks about, oh, I I don't like drugs. I didn't do drugs. And then he comes back and says, oh, I did some great drugs. I don't trust Sammy Hagar. And I wonder if we would ever get a book from Michael Anthony, who has been through all of this, been through all the Van Halen Wars, would if we could get a true, honest autobiography from Michael Anthony, what he would say. Because he has been steadfast in his loyalty to Sammy Hagar now for decades. But Sammy Hagar comes off to me like a very, very two-faced kind of guy who you would need to be very, very careful around in what you say and what you do. Because it seems like he gets in a mood. He could fire you, stab you in the back and not feel the least bit bad about it. So where is this all leading? Well, of course, we got a big tease from Sammy, which we discussed, where he came out and invited Alex Van Halen and David Lee Roth. Told them, come on out. Let's do some stuff on the Best of All Worlds Tour. It's all about Van Halen. Again, another thing where Sammy says, one minute, it's not my responsibility to put together a Van Halen tribute tour. And then the next minute, he's putting together basically a Van Halen tribute tour with his guys. No Wolfie, no Alex, no David Lee Roth. Now, Wolfgang Van Halen, of course, very, very, very busy with Mammoth WVH. But I do find it interesting that Sammy left him off this little invitation rant that he went on. So again, Sammy says to Alex, to Dave, come on out. It's about Van Halen. And you can hate David Lee Roth all you want. He's got issues, too. These guys, Sammy and Dave, lead singers for one of the greatest bands of all time. Their egos are ridiculously big. We all know this. But kudos to David Lee Roth, because David Lee Roth backed Sammy Hagar into a corner this week. In an exclusive comment given to the Van Halen News Desk, Two simple sentences that ended up making Sammy Hagar look awful. And I can't believe there's a ton of Van Halen fans out there backing up Sammy on this. David Lee Roth says to the Van Halen News Desk, when asked for a response to Sammy's invitation, David Lee Roth says simply, I'm ready to go. 
Let's do this. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Now, what are you going to do, Red Rocker? What are you going to do, Sammy? Balls in your court. David Lee Roth did not come out being bitter, angry, nasty, insulting, mean. He came out and gave the Van Halen fans the exact perfect response they would want. So, of course, Sammy Hagar responds, has to backtrack, has to be nasty and insulting. And he says, quote, that's not what I meant, unquote. Of course, referring to his invitation to Alex and Dave. He meant you can come out for a show or two at some point and do a song or two. You're not joining the tour, which, of course, would be the dream for all Van Halen fans. And then, of course, he proceeds to get nasty and ugly and say, yeah, he can come out and do a song or two if he can remember the words. I'm just going to wrap it up on this. Sammy Hagar is not the great person everybody seems to think he is. He is not. He doesn't care about the fans. He doesn't care about you or I. He cares about making money. That's what makes him a shrewd businessman. Kudos to him for that. But David Lee Roth got him. David Lee Roth got him good. So now Sammy looks foolish, at least in my eyes. So now we go back to square one. The best of all worlds tour. Still going to be just Sammy, Mikey, Joe Satriani, and Jason Bonham. So we had the good, we had the bad, now we've got the ugly when it comes to touring news of the week. Of course, we all know KISS is about done. Finally, the end of the road tour, and I'm not saying finally like I want it to end, but come on, they're mortal, we're all mortal. This is probably the perfect time for them to wrap everything up. So early December, of course, the final dates on the KISS farewell tour will be, of course, at Madison Square Garden. We've talked about, again, the back talk, the two-faced lies coming from all sides in the KISS camp. Ace, Peter, Paul, Gene, nobody tells you the truth. Very similar to what we get from Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth. You know, Gene, we talked about this recently, feeling regret. It's their fault. It's Ace and, and Peter Chris's fault that they're not going to be there at the end. I don't believe that for a second. I believe it's Paul and Gene and their egos, especially Gene's. Well, they're not going to extend this tour any longer. So unfortunately, because Paul Stanley got a very severe case of the flu, KISS had to outright cancel 
a couple dates up in Canada on November the 21st and November the 22nd. Now you may be asking, what is, what is the ugly about this? The ugly is, of course, if you have not heard the story of the bizarre, wild, Dukes of Hazard-like car crash incident that happened on the border between Canada and the United States a few days ago. At a location they call the Rainbow Bridge, connecting New York to Canada. If you have not seen the video for this, it is unbelievable. This car, literally, when I say Duke's a hazard, that's what it looks like. People my age, you know what I'm talking about. Car goes flying through the air, over the border, two people dead. The bizarre part of this that has come out is that these two people, this couple, were initially going to Canada to see one of these KISS shows that was canceled. Now, there's not a lot of detail to explain why this ended in a very car accident like it did. But they were going to the show from what police have pieced together so far. Going to the KISS show, canceled. They come back to New York, go to a casino... And then the next thing you know, they are taking a Bentley, yes, a Bentley, airborne over the border, smashing, crashing, and unfortunately dying. A crazy, bizarre scene. In some ways, unfortunately for KISS, ancillary connections to them canceling their tour, their two tour dates in Canada. Very bizarre. Now, unfortunately, more negativity. I hate to keep doing this to you guys, but lawsuits, more rock and roll lawsuits. Daryl Hall is suing John Oates. Now, there are interview snippets from the past where Daryl Hall has basically made it known that their relationship, Hall and Oates, their relationship is not perfect. It is not great. But now it has come to the point where Daryl Hall is suing John Oates in addition to suing him, filing a restraining order against John Oates. That's the part that really blows my mind. I don't believe in all the time earlier this year we were talking about Journey and Jonathan Cain and Neil Sean and their problems. That was all financial, and it looks like that's what's going on here with Daryl Hall and John Oates is there are financial issues. Now, the lawsuit is quote-unquote under seal, so there are no details forthcoming, but in the specific court that the lawsuit was filed in, that tends to indicate 
financial issues. But then you just wonder why is a restraining order involved? Very, very bizarre. Very bizarre. And then it gets even worse, even nastier. And I'm not going to make a comment about the victims of sexual assault. I just wish sometimes these lawsuits seem so frivolous and just look like a money grab or a grab for attention that attention is distracted and taken away from the real true victims of sexual assault. And if you haven't heard by now, of course, I'm talking about Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. A lawsuit filed by former model Sheila Kennedy as she details a sexual assault, a very graphic sexual assault from 1989. That's part of the reason why I kind of have to be the skeptic here. I have to wonder what's going on because Sheila Kennedy filed this lawsuit, my understanding is, on the last possible day she could file this lawsuit. Again, red flag, big red flag. But the details that she puts forth in this incident are very graphic. Again, I am not going into them here. The fortress, I try to keep it as clean and family-friendly as possible. But if what happened, as she described it, really did happen, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. But, again, I have to wonder, why did it take so long to file this lawsuit? We are talking over three decades. And I'm sorry, I don't believe everybody in the world. I don't believe Sammy Hagar. I don't believe Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. And I really don't know if I believe Sheila Kennedy. I know there's a lot of people out there, psychiatrists, people on social media who think they're smart enough to be psychiatrists who are going to tell me where there's the shame, there's the guilt that keeps these, these women, or in some cases men, from filing these lawsuits because, again, multiple reasons involving guilt, shame, their psyche, the damage done. And I am not dismissing that. I am not. But what I would say is, in this day and age, as messed up as we are, as a country, as a world, one of the few things that I think we've gotten right is that we have come out over the last decade or two and said, if you are a victim of assault, abuse, get out there, talk to somebody, report it to the police as soon as possible. So, with all that in mind, I just find it odd that the lawsuit gets filed the last possible day, over three decades old. 
And yes, I am a cynic. I am a skeptic. I will put that out there. You be the judge. If you want to delve into this, like I said, be forewarned, very graphic. Real briefly, we've talked about the fact that maybe finally our government is doing something, even though it's not a big major national issue. At least it looks good for the rock and roll fans out there. The Senate is still going after Live Nation and Ticketmaster. They have subpoenaed documents. A Senate subcommittee has subpoenaed documents from Live Nation and Ticketmaster as they continue to dive into the fact that Live Nation and Ticketmaster are crooks. And I told you, 2024 concert season opens up and immediately ticket prices have skyrocketed. Oh, but Live Nation and Ticketmaster are so wonderful. They're showing you almost the full price with fees of the tickets before you buy them. Aren't they wonderful? We should all get out there and find your your favorite Live Nation or Ticketmaster executive and help them polish their halos because they're so wonderful. I'm not paying $125 for a last row seat to see Hootie and the Blowfish. That's ridiculous. Prices have skyrocketed. So I hope the Senate subcommittee here that's looking into this monopoly, this debacle that is Live Nation and Ticketmaster, I hope they get something done. I doubt it, but I hope they get something done. And we've ripped here recently into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We have ripped into the Grammys. I am not going to leave the Billboard Music Awards alone because they're just as bad, if not worse. When I was younger, I used to read Billboard all the time. Go into the local bookstore, pick it up, look at all the charts, the Hot 100, the Top 200 albums, Top Rock songs, back when it actually mattered, back when it actually made sense. And now, of course, since they went to SoundScan in the early 90s, it's all just... It's a lie. In my opinion, it's all a lie. Streaming gets taken into account, which I think skews everything. But the Billboard Music Awards, and we know everybody in the music industry hates rock and roll, except probably when it comes to touring, because I've got to imagine rock acts still bring in a ton of money when it comes to touring. Top rock artist, top rock album, top rock song. The Triple Crown, okay, here at the latest Billboard Music Awards, go to Zach Bryan. Country artist. We got Olivia Rodrigo getting nominated for Best Rock Song at the Grammys. Now Zach Bryan sweeping all the rock awards at the Billboard Music Awards. Ignore it all. They're all idiots. Ignore it all, kids. Stick with me. I'll guide you through.
So finally, here in the last couple minutes of segment one, News of the World, your weekly Christmas gift update. Something new we're doing. A little bit of foreshadowing. Stay tuned for segment two, and I will have a great gift recommendation for you. I do not want to spoil the review that's coming, even though you probably know it if you've been listening the last few weeks. But in addition to the gift idea I'm going to give you next segment, there was a great article on ultimateclassicrock.com about, they had an article about rock socks, but an article with all the links you would need for ugly rock and roll sweaters, my favorites, Judas Priest screaming for vengeance, Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil, check them out. There is a link, it's about a week old, an article and all the links you would need on ultimateclassicrock.com. And then finally, James Hetfield of Metallica has put out a coffee table book available at the Metallica store. It is called Messengers, the Guitars of James Hetfield. And I believe they still have signed editions available if you have got a couple hundred dollars to burn. So James Hetfield with a coffee table book. How about that? All right, kids, segment two coming up. Breakdown, new music or old music reviews. I'm the maestro. I'll be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane. Of course, that was segment one, the news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes breakdown where we are going to review all the new songs all the new albums all the new concert tours the shows that i've seen personally stay tuned for that of course we're now available on spotify anchor apple stitcher Castbox, google pocket cast and radio public wherever you listen to your favorite podcast hang out kids we'll be right back All right, everybody, welcome back to the Fortress of Rock. Segment two here, episode 119, Black Friday, November the 24th, 2023. Wow, what a jam-packed 30 minutes we just went through. World of rock and roll, the news, mostly bad, mostly ugly, a little good, as we are now fully into the holiday season. So let's hope things get better. No more lawsuits. No more ugly criminal accusations. No more infighting amongst the bands that we know and love. One band that broke up for a while here as we get into, ironically, Breakdown. Segment two, as always, here on The Fortress, our tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Broke up for a little while. 
and the core three members have stayed intact after they got back together here now for a couple decades. That would be the Mighty Knight Ranger, Jack Blades, Brad Gillis, and Kelly Kagey. A gift idea. I mentioned that I was going to have one more gift idea for you here as we segue into Breakdown. We talked about the ugly sweaters, the great rock and roll ugly sweaters. Again, you can find the links to purchase them, see pictures of them on ultimateclassicrock.com. I, of course, prefer Judas Priest screaming for vengeance. And then, of course, James Hetfield's new coffee table book as he discusses the guitars throughout his life that he has used and the stories behind them. Available at the Metallica store. But now, if you don't have a ton of money, I'm... The signed edition, especially for the Hetfield book, is prob probably got to be pushing 500 bucks, four or 500 at least, I would think. If it's less than that, kudos to James Hetfield and Metallica for making it affordable, somewhat affordable. I know the Judas Priest ugly sweater I was looking at was 70 bucks. Some of the other ones, Motley Crue, there's a Billy Idol one. Some of those a little less expensive, but for those of you on a budget like me, how about this for a nice little rock and roll present for one of the loved ones in your life? Night Ranger came out a few months ago, 40 years and a night. Under $20, a great CD and DVD package as Night Ranger played a night late last year in 2022 with the Contemporary Youth Orchestra in Cleveland, Ohio. So you get full CD, full DVD of the performance, again, under $20, in my humble opinion, a great gift idea. But let's discuss it more in depth. Let's review it. And I know I don't normally like to review live albums, greatest hits collections, box sets. But again, it's the holidays. Things are starting to slow down getting a little lazy, eating too much, not exercising, waiting for the snow to come tumbling down and make our lives miserable up here in the northern Midwest for the next four months. So let's take a look at Night Ranger, 40 years and a night. Now, of course, I will break protocol here with this. I'm not going to go track by track. We know the songs. We know them. We love them. I will give you a quick rundown of the track listing on the CD. However, there's only one difference between the CD and then the DVD performance. And I will get to that in just a minute. So we get a cool introduction. 
as the contemporary youth orchestra leads Night Ranger into track two, technically. You can still rock in America. Then we go four in the morning, sing me away, call my name, Sentimental Street, High Road, of course, Night Ranger. The greatest song about a band sung by that band. Goodbye, when you close your eyes, don't tell me you love me, and of course, Sister Christian. So you know, there's nothing shocking there in that lineup. That's a pretty solid, basic Night Ranger set list. And again, I'm not going to go track by track because I will say this as an overview of the, the whole album. They did a great job of using the orchestra to accentuate parts of their classic hits. They did not revamp the songs. They did not change the song structures at all. Note to Def Leppard in their awful Drastic Symphonies album that came out earlier this year. Of course, Night Ranger has a lot of keyboard parts. They have a keyboard player who has always been part of their lineup, the fifth member. So it's easy to see how you can take those keyboard parts and turn them into parts that an orchestra could play, could accentuate. And that's what we get here with 40 years and a night. Very, very well done. Very well done. I would expect nothing less from Night Ranger. I am I am biased. I am not impartial in this at all. I love Night Ranger more than most. And this is one of the better live albums I have heard in a long, long time. And again, so smart in how they use the orchestra. And that's the key here. The orchestra blends in beautifully in almost every song. Doesn't overwhelm the sound of the band. I, I highly recommend this not only as a Christmas gift, but if you just want to listen to a fantastic live Night Ranger album with some orchestra backing, this is for you. Now, I mentioned the DVD comes as part of the deluxe package, but still under $20. The only difference is the DVD has one extra track, one extra performance that comes in between Night Ranger and Goodbye. They slip in the Damn Yankees hit high enough. So you get one extra song, one extra performance on the DVD. But again, you can rip into me for being a fan here more than a critic. But I still think it's an absolutely fantastic, not only a gift, but just a great, great listen and watch. And if you've never seen, this would be more for the DVD. It doesn't come across 
with the power on the CD that it will if you see it visually. But when Night Ranger plays Night Ranger, all five members of the band, you get the one of the most unique, I won't say greatest, but one of the most unique drum solos ever. Where all five members of the band, of course the drummer is Kelly Kagi, but all the other members of the band come out and start smacking and beating on the drums. So you're getting a five-man guitar solo, or not guitar solo, drum solo, obviously. A five-man drum solo. And it's just something to behold. So if you do get the DVD package, watch watch Night Ranger, that performance, that song, and pay close attention to the fantastic five-man drum solo. So now, of course, 40 Years in a Night is all older material. And again, I don't like to do this. I don't like to delve into cover albums, live albums, greatest hits albums, with very rare exceptions. And especially as we move on to the one new song of the week, I don't want to give this man a lot of credit because I just ripped into him in the last segment, and that would be Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar recently took part in a Leonard Skinner tribute album along with Artemis Pyle, who, if you know your rock and roll history, is the second second drummer in the history of Leonard Skinner. And we'll actually come back to that later on. But Sammy Hagar and the Artemis Pyle band have put together a new version of Simple Man, of course, one of the biggest most recognizable songs in the great and glorious history of Leonard Skinner, and of course, sometimes tragic history of that band. So I figured since we're already looking at older material with Night Ranger, why not fit in Sammy Hagar and Artemis Pyle? and their new version of Simple Man. And it's not like, again, they revamped the song. Night Ranger, of course, we mentioned smart enough not to change up their music for the orchestral 40 years and a night package. So Sammy Hagar and Artemis Pyle aren't dummies either. They don't really change up Simple Man. It is very cool, I will admit it. Again, not happy with the man right now. But it is very cool to hear Sammy Hagar sounding very, very good, belting out Simple Man. So check it out. You're not going to get anything overwhelmingly spectacular or different from the original version of Simple Man. But again, just kind of interesting, just kind of cool. to hear Sammy Hagar taking on that Leonard Skinner classic. 
Now, I was kind of torn here, and I, I'm going to do something I don't normally like to do. I just saw Chris Isaac in concert the other night, and I know we've been talking about, I was targeting this show, this podcast episode, to review the Chris Isaac concert that I saw two nights ago. I want to give you a little bit of a commentary about the concert itself, but I'm going to save my review for next week's show. So December the 1st, you will get my full review of Chris Isaac live at the Lerner Theater in Elkhart, Indiana. But what I want to talk about here in the last few minutes before we close out breakdown is I want to talk about the fact that while I complain, and I just did it in segment one, while I complain about Ticketmaster and Live Nation and their exorbitant and outrageous prices for a lot of shows. Depending on where you live, you need to go out and support not only local artists, but older artists who are still out there, still performing at a very high level. You need to support them, especially when they're not charging the ridiculous prices that bands like the Eagles or Hootie and the Blowfish are. Now, I'm not fooling myself here. I'm not trying to tell everybody Chris Isaac is relevant anymore. I mean, he's relevant, but he's not popular. Let's put it that way. He hasn't put out a studio album of original regular original material and i believe eight years now we're going on now he did put out a christmas album last year with some new songs but i can't count that even though he's fantastic and his christmas album from last year was just the best kind of christmas album you're going to get fun traditional witty And, of course, he played some of those songs during this concert the other night. And it was great. It was fun. But, again, I will review his part of the show, his performance, next week. I'm also trying to firm up the set list because I have not seen it posted yet. So, right now, I've had to download a a set list from a show from the night before and try to go through it and pick and choose which ones I remember that he played and which ones in Elkhart that he didn't. So maybe in the next week I'll get a full set list. But he changes things up every night, tweaks his set. So it's not like he's playing the same set list every night. So that's why even though it was just one night previous, the 21st versus when I saw him on the 22nd, there were a few things that I said, nope, he didn't play that. Or nope, he didn't play that. But getting back to my point, you have got to support these artists and these bands and these performers. You have got to. 
The Learner Theater in Elkhart, Indiana is a great venue, a gorgeous, gorgeous venue, similar to the Morris, another historic indoor auditorium. This one, of course, the Morris in South Bend, Indiana. Saw John Mellencamp there earlier this year. Similar to the Honeywell Center in Wabash, Indiana. One of these indoor venues, very ornate, set up to show stage plays just as well as smaller concerts. So again, very, very beautiful facility. And again, this was Thanksgiving Eve. I know that probably plays a part into what I'm about to say. But for there to be, and I'm not kidding you, and I consulted with my friends who went with me to verify they saw the same thing that I saw. For a venue that holds a couple thousand people, for Chris Isaac to draw maybe 300 or 400 people is awful. That is awful. That is pathetic. And tickets were not that expensive. Tickets were in the $60 to $70 range after fees and taxes. That's not horrible. Of course, if we'd waited till the last minute, we could have got tickets for $7, which is another thing that just blew our minds. Now, I know a lot of people out there who live by venues in big cities, they've kind of figured this out. And they if you can wait till the last minute, and you don't have to plan an entire day around it. And you can pull it off good for you. Some of us can't because again, sometimes like where I live, we're expected to drive an hour and a half, two hours to the major venues. You can't do that at the last minute. You can't gamble on the fact you're going to get cheaper tickets at the last minute and then drive an hour and a half, two hours or drive an hour and a half, two hours and sit there and hope and pray on your phone. You're going to be able to get cheap tickets. You can't do it. But again, for there to just be a few hundred people at this show for the great Chris Isaac is pathetic. And I blame the community here. The metro area where I live, which encompasses South Bend, Mishawaka, Elkhart, Niles, Michigan, you're talking about a metro area of over 200,000 people, minimum, could be more. I'm being very conservative with that estimate. For a couple hundred people to show up for Chris Isaac is awful. That is not supporting the fact that we need more concerts in this area. When, when this turnout hits, when it gets around, Artists are not going to want to come here, and they already don't come here. And I'll fill in the gaps, fill in details some other time about the history of this area where I live, where I do 
this podcast. But there was a time when I was younger. Yes, I'm going back 40 years, 30, 40 years. There was a time when we got huge acts here. Tom Petty, Van Halen, Paul Simon, R.E.M., Def Leppard, ZZ Top, ACDC, they all played here. And it completely and totally changed in the early 90s. And now, despite the fact there are more than 200,000 people in the metro area, in this region where I live, we can't get anybody to come here for a concert. Some of it's the venues being stubborn. Some of it's, as I just mentioned, the fans not turning out as they should for each and every opportunity, each and every show we get here. We need to sell these shows out. We need to show the artists, the promoters, that we are indeed rock and roll fans. Because if we don't fix it and we don't show them this, we're going to continue to have to drive hours to Grand Rapids, to Fort Wayne, to Indianapolis, to Chicago to see any decent shows. Okay, my rant is over. Sorry. But I was just so disheartened by what I saw Wednesday night. So sad and and ashamed and humiliated. I wanted to go to Chris Isaac if I could. And of course, if I tried, I would have been arrested for being a stalker. But I wanted to go to him and say, please do not judge us. The people that came out and wanted to see you and loved your show and love you, please do not judge us and do not judge our community based on the fact that there are a bunch of morons out there who don't know what a good rock and roll show really and truly is. All right, next week, I'm going to separate the two. That's why I'm saying I'm doing this different than I would normally. I want to separate my anger from my true love for what I saw from Chris Isaac on the 22nd. So I will give you my full review of Chris Isaac live in seven days on the Fortress of Rock. So for now, we're done with Breakdown. Doc Brown looking at me. He's a little worried. He's a little worried. He wants me to settle down before I get in the rock and roll DeLorean. Of course, I'm worried about him. Because I saw how much turkey and pie and stuffing and mashed potatoes he ate last night. And I'm wondering if he's not suffering through a tryptophan hangover. And I don't know if I feel comfortable with him driving us through the rock and roll time stream. But I'll chance it for everybody out there in podcast land. I want to go back is coming up after a quick promo break. I am the maestro Kevin Crane. Be right back with you in 60 seconds. All right. Now that we've looked at the current state of music, In our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history, birthdays, deaths, 
anniversaries of song and album releases. It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned. And as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, Doc Brown and I have achieved an uneasy peace, okay? He knows that I've calmed down after my little rant about the size of the crowd at the Chris Isaac show. He's kind of proven to me that he is not in a tryptophan coma, a tryptophan hangover from Thanksgiving. He can navigate the time stream. So... Doc Brown and I have got the rock and roll DeLorean up to 1.21 gigawatts. We are heading into the rock and roll time stream to bring you segment three. Same as it is each and every week. I want to go back our tribute to the late, great Eddie Money. But of course, first and foremost, I have to take care of business. I've already talked about some of my sources for a lot of the ideas for these stories, the ideas for the stories, the opinions, the rants, the ravings. As I approach the lunatic fringe on a lot of these where I get upset, done that a couple times here today. Ultimateclassicrock.com, fantastic, fantastic website. The Van Halen News Desk, of course, for all of us VH fans out there. And then here, for this particular segment coming up in just a minute, thisdayinmusic.com. Now, of course, you know, you found us somewhere. You're listening. You have found a platform. Maybe you're comfortable with it. Maybe you're not. Whether you're listening on your phone your laptop, your desktop, through your TV, your Fire Stick, your Roku, whatever it might be. We are always so thankful to have you listening, but you have options and choices. You can find The Fortress of Rock on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Amazon Music, Audible, and iHeart radio and of course don't forget to check out the facebook page fun stuff each and every weekend not only will you find a link to the current and all past episodes of the fortress of rock fridays as you know are the start of the weekend rock project i give you a word a theme an idea you shoot back with your favorite rock songs that fit that word, that idea, that theme. Not 100% sure yet where I'm going with this weekend rock project here on Black Friday, but I'm thinking of going with something involving your favorite songs with sell, sale, sold, 
want to double check one last time, make sure we haven't done that before in the past few years. And if not, that will most likely be your weekend rock project. And of course, New Music Sunday is coming up. Each and every Sunday afternoon, I will post a video from YouTube. Lyric video, actually a fully produced video, whatever I can get you. So you can hear at least one new song. Each and every week. Again, not quite sure where I'm going to go this week. Last weekend was the second release from Invincible Shield coming in 2024 from Judas Priest, Trial by Fire. Not sure where I'm going yet. Still got a couple days to think about it for your new music Sunday. Okay, we are going to start off with birthdays here and i want to go back on november the 24th 2023 three guitarists first and then three drummers kind of an interesting synergy here so the three guitarists we start off November the 24th, 1970, was the birthday of Chad Taylor, guitarist for Live. Now, Live, of course, had their moment in the sun with Throwing Copper. Fairly popular for a nice little three, four-year run there. I know they're still around and still out there, but unfortunately have fallen by the wayside not nearly as popular or significant as they once were. I'm sure if they played Elkhart, Indiana, they would pull in about 200 people. Yes, I'm still mad about that from the last segment. Now, a band that is still extremely popular. Born on this day, November the 24th, 1964, Tony Rombola guitarist for Godsmack. Of course, just saw them in concert this past summer. Voodoo, such an awesome, awesome song. Whether it's live, whether it's from the pre-recorded version from decades ago, Voodoo is one of the greatest, do I want to say modern rock songs of all time? Just voodoo is just fantastic. Cool song. Cool beyond belief. And then finally, the third of our three birthdays for guitarists. November the 24th, 1957, Chris Hayes, guitarist for the criminally undervalued, underrated, should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Huey Lewis and the News. Now, all the drummers are older. So this kind of all fell into place here. November the 24th, 1955. Drummer for Blondie. Clem Burke. Now, in the last segment, we talked about Sammy Hagar 
teaming up with Artemis Pyle for a new rendition of Simple Man. And we mentioned Artemis Pyle was the second drummer for Leonard Skinner. But who was the first? Well, the first drummer, the original drummer for Leonard Skinner, performed on their first two albums. Born on this day, yes, November the 24th, 1950, Bob Burns, the original, the first drummer for Leonard Skinner. And then finally, as we wrap up birthdays, November the 24th, 1941, he is considered the fifth Beatle. He is, well, some consider Billy Preston the fifth Beatle. And I get it. I get it. But this was the guy who was supposed to be the drummer for the Beatles, and then they went with Ringo instead. Yes, born on this day in 1941, that would be Pete Best. Moving on to anniversaries. Unfortunately, we're going to have to start off with a lot of death. November the 24th, 1993. Albert Collins passed away. Albert Collins, fantastic guitarist, known as the master of the Telecaster. Sadly, the next two on the same day. Makes me wonder if November the 24th is not one of the worst days in rock history. Specifically for these two deaths, these two passings. Both cut down well before their time. November the 24th, 1991, first Eric Carr, of course, drummer for KISS, filled in so admirably, so capably after the original lineup of KISS fractured and split. Of course, Eric Carr took over for Peter Chris, known as the Fox, his stage persona when they wore makeup. Of course, Eric Carr kind of had to live through both eras of Kiss with and without makeup. But Eric Carr, unfortunately, on this day in 1991, died at the age of 41 years old due to complications from cancer. And then, of course, one of the most tragic deaths in rock history the same day, November the 24th, 1991. We've named our first segment after him. Dying from complications from AIDS. Yes, 45 years young. Freddie Mercury. This was a day Freddie Mercury left us. We lost one of the greatest rock and roll frontmen of all time. Now, we just mentioned Pete Best. 
in our birthdays. The man that took his place and became one of the Fab Four, officially, Ringo Starr, on this day, November the 24th, 1973, Ringo Starr's photograph was the number one single in the U.S. And then finally, in anniversaries, let's stick with the Beatles theme. November the 24th, 1966, the Beatles on this day began recording. I mean, they had so many classic songs. But this was the day they be- they began recording Strawberry Fields Forever. So there you go, kids. Quick trip into the rock and roll time stream. Doc Brown and I pulling back into the garage here at the Fortress of Rock, pulling up the drawbridge, closing the garage door, but not quite done yet. You know this. Got to take a look ahead. We just look back. Let's look ahead. In our fourth and final segment, one last quick promo break and then wrap it up as we will discuss for the rest of 2023 and maybe even into 2024 what we're going to be reviewing and discussing in the coming four or five weeks. I'm the Maestro. I'll be right back. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries, the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane. Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs? What albums? What concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. It's an appropriate song for the holiday season. It's also an appropriate song to describe what we're going to do here. It is Wrap It Up. Our tribute to the fabulous Thunderbirds, of course, wrapping up your presents And we here are going to wrap up this particular episode, episode 119 of the Fortress of Rock. Now we've talked about the fact this time of year can get a little slow for new music. Fortunately, this year, in terms of albums at least, we've got plenty to discuss to take us through the rest of 2023 into 2024. We've got a backlog to deal with and address. Now, as far as songs go, that could get a little tricky, but we're good for the next week or two on songs as well. Now, of course, in breakdown, I mentioned to you that I will give you my full review next week, episode 120, dropping on December the 1st. I'm gonna stay, I got got it out of my system 
kids, okay? I did my little tirade about the pathetic crowd at Chris Isaac. Next week, we address the music and the performance, and it was fantastic. So next week, in Breakdown, Chris Isaac, November the 22nd at The Learner in Elkhart. And we will also review the new album from Jesse James Dupree, lead singer of Jackal. Normally, normally on this day, I would be down in Indianapolis seeing Jackal for the family reunion, but they changed the schedule this year. For some bizarre reason, they decided they were going to do the show on Thanksgiving, not on Black Friday. Sorry, Thanksgiving is football and family. As much as I love rock and roll, Thanksgiving is football and family. Shame on Jackal. Hopefully next year, when I'm going to be obliged to go no matter what day it is, hopefully they get back to Black Friday. So next week, Chris Isaac, live, Jesse James Dupree. In two weeks, the long-awaited, much-anticipated new album from Peter Gabriel, I.O., Episode 121 on December the 8th. I will have that review for you. In three weeks, which would be episode 122 on December the 15th, the new Dirty Honey album is on the agenda. Can't find the breaks. And then, of course, our Christmas episode. In four weeks, dropping on... December the 22nd, episode 123. Let's review a Christmas album. A new one. Last year, of course, we had Chris Isaac. This year we have Mark Tremonti of Alter Bridge Tremonti and unfortunately Creed. Merry Christmas, classics new and old will be our holiday music review for you on December the 22nd. And then, of course, I promised you, I teased a few weeks back, I have a lost, hidden, 15-year-old holiday gem that very, very few of you know about. And we will drop that as a song review as well in our holiday episode. And then, of course, after that, you know we're going to start doing our year-end best of Best of the Concerts of 2023, Best Songs of 2023, Best Albums of 2023. Now, in terms of songs, we do have a new Blackberry Smoke release, the third single by my count from their upcoming 2024 album, and they seem to be getting better and better and better. The third single. Hammer and the Nail. We will have that for you here in the next few weeks on the Fortress of Rock. Still looking to see if Getty Lee's two new songs that he previewed when he started his book tour. We're going to see if they hit here soon. Those songs are gone. 
and I am you are. Of course, still discussions ongoing about Alec Lifeson and Getty Lee getting back together to go out on tour. Will they be together as Rush? Who will they bring in as a drummer? Will they bring in more than just a drummer? That's a discussion for another day. Definitely next week. We mentioned that we had this on our Facebook page on New Music Sunday. This past Sunday, second release from Invincible Shield, the new Judas Priest album coming in 2024, Trial by Fire. We will have that for you next week along with Jesse James Dupree and Chris Isaac live. Then finally, we have got more new music from David Lee Roth. He is putting out a lot of songs lately, a lot of new stuff. Of course, this whole Van Halen thing, we just reviewed Sammy Hagar, Simple Man. Here recently, we've had all these new David Lee Roth songs. And we've got two more for you. I believe last week I got some bad information. I believe last week I called this song High Fashion. It is actually High Fashion Girl. But there's another new song that just came out here within the last few days, Wash and Fold. So more new David Lee Roth to review here before the end of the year. Again, very thankful, not only for you, but for all this new music. Because again, this is usually a barren wasteland for new music. We love you here on the Fortress of Rock. Thank you very, very much. This is the time of year to be thankful. I am thankful for you for listening in each and every week. And of course, in the holiday season, this particular sentiment means even more. Love the one or ones you are with. I am the maestro Kevin Crane. Have a great Black Friday weekend shopping. Enjoy the extended time off, hopefully, that you have gotten from work. Listen to some great new music. I will check you out again in seven days. Take care, everybody. Be safe. Enjoy the weekend. We will talk to you later. Bye.